So in the USA, which is the biggest like app store user in the world, um, there's a category called reference. Uh, that's where the Bibles are and, and like the dictionaries and things like that. We were like in ninth place within a few months. Let's go. Welcome to Building Bigfoot, uh, where we're going to be talking about building your business profitably. I'm really excited to introduce Aaron Walker. He's uh, I've known him for a little while now, and uh, he's a really super cool entrepreneur based out of South Africa, and has built a very cool and fast-growing app uh, called uh, Pencil Bible. It's this really neat application that uh, solved the problem that he had and is now building out and and there's a journey to yeah. get there as every founder knows it's like you have a dream you know where you're going and then uh you start to encounter challenges along the way uh but as long as the vision is clear you will get there yeah. and so uh i'm really excited to talk to, a little bit with aaron today so he can share his story um and before we dive into some of the strategies he's using to grow uh his business uh and getting uh the word out there i'd love to talk a little bit about uh Aaron, so maybe you could share how you got to where you are today. If you were to rewind, uh, you know, four years ago, five years ago, to where you were, you maybe you started to have the birth of this idea. Okay, you want the long version or the short version? <laughs> um, Let's do the long version. The long version. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, one of the skills I want to be better at is storytelling, but I'm going to do my best, Jonathan. Um, and I also want to mention um, the town I live in here in South Africa is predominantly Afrikaans speaking. So it's the language, uh, like a home language here. Uh, it sounds German to, to English folk. Um, so my English isn't as good as it was in varsity in university. But uh, so bear with me, please. <laughs> if I sometimes miss a word or uh, forgot how to pronounce a word, um, uh, I'll get to it, or I have to Google it, maybe. Anyway, uh, how did I get here? Did you, um was born and bred here in Uppington, South Africa. It's a, it's now a big town, but it was a small town back in the days, 1984, when I was born. Um, and my dad and his dad has been into retail, more specifically retail around car parts and uh, equipment rentals and scrap. Uh, Sort of like a, a daily business, you know, not a not a cool, sexy, uh, clean business. And so you, they were based in Uppington, where I was born. And I went to school here. We grew up here. It's a, it's a countryside. Um, I don't know how, to what town to compare it to the in Canada where you're from. Um, but yeah, it's a, like a rural small town, you know, uh, uh, we're sort of next to a river. And around us uh, is desert. We're in the Kalahari Desert, they call it. Um, so it's almost like an oasis, uh, with a, a river flowing, uh, next to, next to the desert. And uh, they call it the green Kalari because next to the river, it's on both sides. You've got vineyards, a lot of vineyards here. And then next to that, uh, if you go further out, it's, it's desert. Uh, so that's why they call it the green Kalari. It's beautiful from, from, from the air. Yeah, man. So I grew up, uh, always been curious. Uh, I was, uh, privileged that my parents exposed me to technology from a, early age and I was actually very curious and loved uh, fiddling with computers and I remember the day we got our first uh, color printer you know playing with it um, many many years ago it was quite a big moment in my life and uh, yeah I just uh, grew up a normal kid played outside did sports and 
after school went to uni uh, here in South Africa, the, one of the, the most, I guess one of the most beautiful places in the world. I think uh, uh, my friend Peter, your friend then in Kelowna, he, he says Kelowna is like the Stellenbosch of, of South Africa. Uh, so it's this beautiful town between the mountains where there's a big university and vineyards and mountains and sea next to that. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. So I studied accounting because I thought, uh, oh, in South Africa, basically, uh, you can either become an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, or you become a, a chartered accountant. So that was sort of the, the four big career options that sort of risk free and, uh, you know, you're guaranteed a good job, a good salary. So I went the risk free route. Um, I was a very confident person at that point of my life. And, uh, yeah, man, I finished in four years and then went to work for Deloitte, a uh, big international auditing firm to do our, the articles uh, training. And um, I was there for two years. And uh, I, yeah, actually, after three years, but after two years, I said, this is not for me. Uh, it's so boring. Um, so uh, I got the opportunity to do an MBA. So I went to Stellenbosch Business School to do an MBA after that. And in that year, I also met my wife, which in Cape Town. Stellenbosch and my wife also actually comes from Uppington and my dad always teases me he said I said I'll never marry anyone from Uppington but uh there you go I married a girl from Uppington end of the day and also said I'll never come back to Uppington and work here but here I am <laughs> so yeah man that's funny uh, that was around 2010 and um it was just after I remember in the USA we had the financial crisis 2008 2009 and uh, that sort of uh, not came over but uh, it, it it had a big effect on the African economy as well. So after my MBA, I struggled to find a job and to be honest, man, I I didn't know where I was but, uh, back then. You know, I think I had money on the mind, but I didn't believe I can be an entrepreneur. Or, and I was starting to get curious about tech again, and I a year not a year but yeah uh like around the time i got married i got really uh, into tech again into building websites and, and apps and curious about startups and so on so um and that's where the passion the passion just uh reignited and i was uh full on it's uh it's all i wanted to do with my life um i remember when my first uh where i think kids my first one was born uh, he's a boy. Uh, his name is also Aaron. Uh, I remember I got this like uh, epiphany because uh, it, when you when your kid is born, you, you get sort of this natural high. And uh, I was like, one of the things I want to do in my life is invest in in, in startup companies and, and sort of uh, mingle with entrepreneurs and uh, um, tell stories, have dinners, build networks. So that's sort of where my mind was going. Uh, whilst working in Uppington in the family business, which is still in retail and, and it uh, grew a lot uh, at that stage. Um, so yeah, that was more of more or less my passion, but uh, I was more entrepreneur than entrepreneur at that point, you know, so I read all the books, love reading, I re uh, listen to podcasts, you know, you read the blogs, you, you follow people on Instagram and Facebook, um, but they didn't really do anything, uh, waiting for the right idea. And uh, I tried some small e-commerce projects here in South Africa, which didn't really work out. The most successful one was a, a site called Yuppie Baby. So here in South Africa, we have a site, uh, e-commerce uh, company, big one, uh, recently sold for 500 million uh, called Yuppie Chef. And so it's basically just an e-commerce site with premium 
uh, cooking equipment and anything premium food. This is pretty well. So I thought, hey, I'm going to do the same for babies. So I make Yuppie Baby you know, to sell premium baby products. Um, and all I did was import them from Amazon to SA. And that one was pretty cheap to do. Uh, but about three months in, um, the Rand dollar exchange uh, got very bad uh, in terms of us, for us. So it was just, uh, it was eight Rand a dollar. I think after three months, like 11 Rand a dollar. And Amazon wasn't so keen to export to South Africa anymore because the packages get lost along the way. So yeah, that was the most successful at that point. And yeah, man. So yeah, I was here uh, uh, raising kids, building a family, uh, growing the family business here. Uh, and we, we grew a lot. Um, we have the, the biggest Midas store in the country now here. And we double in properties and forklift rentals, equipment rentals. Uh, we have a few franchises like Suzuki cars and, and motorcycles like uh, you guys will know Polaris, Polaris. It's probably the way you'll pronounce it there in Canada. Uh, we have the Polaris franchises and uh, a truck franchise called Iveco. So, yeah, it's all more or less based on outdoors, motors, motorsports, parts, etc. So it's not ex- the most exciting uh, um, type of business, but uh, it's a third-generation family business, and it's, it is doing re- uh, really well. So, um yeah, that's that's more or less. Uh, and on the, during the holidays or evenings, weekends, you know, I'll dabble and see, you know, is this something I can create? And then around 2019, I had this idea for a Bible app. So basically, uh, many of us read our Bibles on our iPads. And there's a lot of apps for reading a Bible on iPad. And Apple brought up the, the you know, the, the, the Apple stylus. And uh, but you can't really use it for anything except for scrolling and maybe highlighting a verse. But still, you need to click on something and then click on something. So it's not a natural drawing tool. And I was like, "Is a, I wish I could, you know, draw naturally like you were doing your Bible highlighter or a pencil, make a note, maybe doodle a picture or whatever." And uh, there was no product like that on the market at all, not even close. Which is weird because normally, you know, you get an idea as an entrepreneur. You Google and there's like 10 of those products available already on the market just from the first, you know, front Google page. So this was up there, what do you call it, Uh, like abnormal, like there was no, there still is no product like it. Um, I don't know why other people are not trying it. I'm glad there's no competition. Um, So maybe I mustn't uh, uh, (laughs) vocalize it so much. But uh, um, yeah, man, so... uh, I've, uh, the budget, um, I didn't want to spend too much money on it at that point because I had a lot of failed projects over the years and you know, I didn't want to flush more cash into something and then it's just another failure. So my plan was to get a designer, pay a designer to sort of draw a, a designer like a nice user interface, user experience mock-up, uh, some wireframes for an for a app. In my head, I had more or less a picture of how it should work and how it should function. It's actually super simple. You can imagine a Kindle, uh, reading the Kindle on the iPad book, and then having uh, art tools next to it, you know, to draw and write and highlight, etc. So I got the designs 2020, March, just when uh, the, the pandemic started. And my plan was to do a, a Kickstarter campaign to raise money for that. That's a brilliant idea. Uh, problem is I'm in South Africa and you can't uh, do a Kickstarter if you're South African. Um, so 
the, the loop around was you create a company in the US. There's a lot of companies who create a company for you. So it's pretty simple. You know, you uh, fill out a form, pay $500, and you, like, you get, get like an EIN number and even open a bank account for you. And you get a company registered in Delaware, uh, USA. So simple enough, but it was a pandemic. So it took like three months for that to happen. Finally, it's done. I thought, okay, now I can create my Kickstarter campaign. Uh, then they said, no, 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 you must be a US citizen as well. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, next best option is Indiegogo, you know, the crowdfunding site. So uh, I went to Indiegogo and luckily if you can, if you have the US company, you, you can create a campaign without uh, uh, being a citizen. There, You can be a citizen anywhere in the world. Good. So I did that. Uh, made quite a professional campaign in my personal opinion. Uh, even made a video and you know I, I went and researched a lot how crowdfunding works and looked at all the best campaigns and copy what you know what looks good um, to make it yeah to make it look professional like a professional company that uh, even had someone copyrighted for me and, and you know I really tried to make it a, a excellent excellent campaign it didn't really work uh, I, um I think it got, you know, you get the lower hanging fruit. So after launch, you know, we, we got like, a, I was trying to raise $8,000. I think we got like 500 or something. So what I did, I started joining Facebook groups and uh, following Christian influencers on Instagram, trying to sort of uh, DM them to, to, to promote the campaign. But uh, uh, I think it got zero. Oh, there's, there's so many, there's so many things to figure out, hey, yeah. when it comes to, promotion and and how to market and spread the word and yeah so it is it's literally like okay go on instagram who can i talk to go on um yes yeah but you need to hustle eh? Uh, so there's a a a big group of uh that's literally just women who do bible journaling on instagram so that was sort of my target because in the beginning, the app was sort of a Bible journaling app was sort of my idea for it. Not, not necessarily uh, just a note-taking app. And so I targeted them, but without any success. Um, I even downloaded software that sort of, sort of not, I couldn't remember what it does, but it sort of targets them and you can sort of get the emails, but yeah, it didn't work. Anyway, um, I joined a Facebook group, though, called Christians in Tech, I think. It was called Space in America. And that's where I got a lot of open doors. Um, I met a girl there called Christy. And she's sort of been a mentor um, for Pencil Bible. Back then it was called the Bible for Creatives, by the way. It wasn't the Pencil Bible yet. Um, and she worked at Facebook. Um, and basically, yeah, she helped promote the product for me uh, with a group there. Uh, and uh, even after that, I still was short on because you need to make your target in Indiegogo before they release the funds. So if you want to raise $8,000, you only get $7,900. You know, they say, so it's unsuccessful and then the money goes back to whoever uh, gave the credit card information for funding. But uh, I think we were on, I still needed like $5,000, let's say. And uh, she gave it all. She, she gave me like $5,000 to, to finish the campaign. So yeah, so she's been great. Um, I even put her name in the about boat page. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a blessing, man. I think if that didn't happen, the app probably wouldn't have happened at all. So yeah, I was pretty stoked. I got a developer an essay uh, to code it in 
Swift for, for Apple, iOS, and uh, paid a 50% deposit. And after three months, nothing. And he sort of not ghosted me, but he had personal problems and a lot of things. And I said, sorry, man, um, I've been waiting too long, you know, uh, pay back the deposit. Uh, I need to go find someone else. So, um, and at that point of time, I don't know why, maybe it still is, um, finding a developer for me was the scariest part of the whole process thus far. Um, I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know why. I just, I think it's a trust thing. Um, like, you know, our business, I do the hiring, you know, but you advertise, you get a hundred CVs, you pick one or two, maybe that seems good enough and you interview them and you sort of hire them and you build trust. But for the developer side over the internet, I was very unsure, you know, how to go about doing this and finding a quality developer for a good price. Um, because, you know, I only had the $8,000 budget sort of to get an MVP ready. But uh, I stumbled upon a guy in, in, in Austin, Texas. He said for $5,000, he will build a, not a minimum viable product, MVP. He said he'll be able to build a, um, um, MIP or something. Minimal, uh, I don't know. I can't remember, but it's, it's a quirky, cool idea. Anyways, so yeah, uh, he started. I paid him a deposit and... It went very well, like daily updates. You know, we had uh, um, Kanban, Trello uh, reports, and every day I could see what you know what the progress is. And it was a great designer as well. And um, he had some good ideas. And he first wanted to get the the foundation of the Bible correct. You know, so it's a nice Bible experience before we add drawing tools to on top of that. So yeah, it went well. And then suddenly. This was now 20, uh, 2021. Uh, around June, it sort of disappeared. Um, and I was like, waited a week or so on. And I said, oh, so later I asked him, like, what's going on? And he said he, he found a, a, a permanent job. So he basically had an agency, but it failed. And he said everyone left him. So I was like, yeah, man, I was down in the dumps because I wasn't, again, sort of wanting to go look for another developer. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I just got to stop you, for, like pause yeah. you for a moment. You've said like four or five things that each each thing you've said, I'm like, oh, this is something I want to like, sure. talk about. Sorry. Um, and and di- dive into because you, you know, this is great. You're, you've touched on so many parts of the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, so the uh, the thing you just said now as well, I think it's it's like really relevant to a lot of people because there's this experience that this app developer is having where he started an agency and uh, and he said like all his customers left him and he feels like he's failed. But clearly from your experience, he's the best developer you've worked with so far. He's yeah. organized, he's using Kanban, he's communicating yeah. frequently. So he's actually doing a really good job. And how often do we get inside of our head thinking, you know, this is failing when in fact we are being successful at the very thing that we're doing and you know customers will yeah. grow like when you are when you're working and building any business it's it's just a matter of time yeah. you know uh you're sharing with you know him with me now if he was still within an agency i'm sure you'd mention his business and he would get even more yeah. awareness and um i think that's like such an important thing and then but even back to like your comment about polaris i laughed because Yes, Polaris is very well known in Canada, especially yeah. like for snowmobiles and like adventure. 
And I just thought it was funny, like the perception, because you're like, it's just a boring business. But I'm like, Polaris, in my mind, is not is an exciting business because this means fun. Like you're going to go into the mountains, yeah. you're going to the snow, you're going exploring. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have a lot of buddies that uh, or, or people that I know really well who uh, that's what their favorite thing to do is in winter, especially yeah, yeah, with the snow bikes. Have you heard of the new yes, snow bikes? Snow bikes. Yeah. So, so yes, they, yes, they yeah. So they they basically convert a dirt bike into yeah. a snowmobile and uh and it's just a ton of fun but yeah so you spoke about that and i thought okay that's interesting you know talking about like perception and how how different it can be depending yeah. where yeah, you are do in the, the world quad biking and that sort of uh, and farmers use it to work that's sort of the market we have for for the polaris yeah no yeah. it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense I, i've often thought about this um what's like common or ordinary in like where you are is so extraordinary elsewhere. Cause I was in Nashville a few months ago. And while I was in Nashville, um, you can't help but bump into a musician. Uh, I can imagine <laughs> every, and, and not just like a musician, but like a musician who's like, Oh, I've seen your face on a billboard. Oh, wow. I've seen you like, you know I mean? Like I've, I've heard you somewhere. Where are you? Oh, you're a, that, you're that country music singer that I've, okay. I now know who you are. And, uh, and you literally, like you turn a corner, like, uh, to put this in perspective, I was in a recording studio and, uh, I'm surrounded by these, these musicians and, uh, the, the producer, uh, he's, he seems to really yeah. know his stuff. And the songwriter guy seems to really know his stuff. And other, like the singer seems to know his stuff. And, and, and I don't recognize any of these people's faces, right? Because music is something you listen yeah. to. I don't, I don't see it. And so, um, I'm sitting there, I'm, 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 um, kind of looking around it turns out the songwriter is has has written like multiple number one hit songs the producer is grammy award-winning uh producer the uh the singer is from american idol the like i just laugh because i'm like to to nashville this there everybody's just like so like this is normal this is whatever but you take that and you put them anywhere else in the world like bring them yeah. to my city put them in a uh in the you know the um the arena and it's gonna draw a really big crowd because it's like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. this is person who's coming from yeah. you know wherever it's grammy award-winning it it's but in nashville it's just, it's Wait, just what, what were you doing at the recording and studio i just find that funny jonathan what were you Oh, I was oh, I was a tourist. tourist. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got to go there and uh, uh, literally uh, with a bunch of other entrepreneurs uh, get to experience what it looks like to write a song, record oh, wow. a song That's awesome, uh, with the yeah. W it was it was a pretty cool experience, and um, it's funny because uh, I thought it was something that they just yeah. did. Like I thought, oh, this is this yeah. is like a normal event. But it turned out that they'd never done that before, where they actually brought the um, they brought a bunch of people in, and because we were we were part of the process, so it was like okay, the songwriter was writing the song, but he's picking all of our brains, like for lines oh, and lyrics, and um, and my my great um, contribution was uh, the beat. There was this one line that nobody could get yeah. the like the sound right, and I was like, but what if you sang it like this? And I just changed the the 
the the beat and the it was like it clicked for everybody and i was like oh that's great okay. <laughs> i right. had a contribution are you a singer uh yeah no uh, okay. no 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 i have a guitar and i um i sing okay. to my girls and they're like four and six so they awesome, they think man. i'm that's a great. singer I, o- I also have a guitar but yeah. i can't play it the um <laughs> <laughs> I again this is like uh it just relates to that fact it's like to my 4-year-old and my 6-year-old they're like dad how yeah, did you learn to do this so good to to any musician they're like yeah, you have some work yeah. <laughs> um the uh but so so that was that was interesting and then um so then you go through this journey where you're like okay I want to get more involved in in something you're really passionate about from a young age like you talked about the oh, printer. Oh yeah, the first color printer. And how exciting yeah, like that was 1992 to you. or yeah, something. <laughs> the color printer. And then and and then you you start this Amazon business and you face all of these hurdles. And you're like, okay, how do I overcome these hurdles? And you're like, okay, well there's some that are maybe insurmountable, but then you face new hurdles in trying to do a Kickstarter campaign and you're like, okay, I got, but you don't give up. And so there's a lot of things that you have to get in place. I mean, South Africa to United States, that's a long yeah. distance away. I mean, you're talking, I don't know how many, 7,000 miles, yeah. something like that. And uh, that, so that's, it's, it's quite the um, obstacle hurdle that you, you would have had to navigate and figure out how to do. How did you figure that out? Like who told you that that was possible? How did Google. you? Google. <laughs> I just Googled like, how do you do a running campaign from, uh, it's an unapproved country, for example. And I think even on the Kickstarter page, they explain, you know, uh, it's not a loophole. It's just, I think it's for, for legality reasons. They structured it that way. Indiegogo, you could have done a campaign from anywhere in the world up to 2020. And, but, but after that, they integrated with Stripe. So only Stripe uh, supported countries could uh, do Indiegogo campaigns and South Africa was not one of them at that point. So, yeah, sort of just need to find a... And I was one of the USA company. I think I knew about, you know, Stripe Atlas, that program there or like department or there for creating companies. So yes, uh, yes. since that came out, I was like, oh, I can't wait till I can create my own one. Uh, like a use... Stripe Atlas or like I used first base uh, to create a, a US company and I actually paid the last week my first US income tax and I haven't even been there it's like it's crazy eh? um, on pencil Bibles uh, revenue so uh, yeah the internet's an amazing place man you can do anything from anywhere it's that that is um, that is so yeah, fascinating isn't it that you've now paid income tax to the US I and think, never I think to the US it's, it sounds weird, but that was sort of my proudest moment through <laughs> this whole project so far. I was like, I actually paid income tax because that means, you know, we actually made money. We did something and we're paying tax to the government. It's a very small amount, but uh, um, still, you know, it feels like, then you feel like a real business. I don't know if it's stupid, but it, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's a significant moment. No, it does. It's, there's, there, there's these mind, these moments. I remember, um, so a guy we, we mutually know, Dan, uh, he said that for him, it was uh, when he started to get like mail in his mailbox, oh, that was yeah. bills. Oh, it's, you know, it's real. <laughs> He's like, I'm, 
he was like, it's a real business. And so he loved it. He used to love, he loved going and paying his bills and, um, until it, until one day it just took an entire day. And then, uh, he started to outsource that. But the, uh, the, I think that's a really funny how, how that works. But speaking of which, um, I'm going to be in Boston at the SAS intensive, uh, in June, uh, June 4th, June, June 4th to June, um, 7th, I think. Uh, you should you should come. Uh, be, yeah, be a great first time. A dream, man. Um, hopefully soon, but I don't think I'll, I'll make June this year. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, I was privileged enough okay. to do a lot of traveling. So well, if, if you year. want to, let me know. Um, through the business, we won a lot of uh, competitions. Uh, I went to Poland and Czech Republic um, a month ago. Two weeks ago, we went to Mauritius. So it's an island. Um, and uh, there's a lot of trips planned, so I don't, but that's definitely the dream to come to a SaaS conference or anything in in uh, similar to that. Uh, to do some networking, have dinner with a bunch of entrepreneurial nerds. Uh, that's, that's still a dream. So I appreciate the invite, though. I appreciate it. Have you read Dan's book? You just mentioned him. Uh, Buy back your time yet? Okay, cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. I also finished it last yes, week. Yes, I have. Very good. It's good. It's. Um, uh, I, it's funny. I bought a copy, and because yeah. uh, I wanted to support him, okay. and then he gave cool. me a copy. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. now I have yeah. two copies. I, I'm so also I'm buying a, a bunch of physical them. ones, and I'm giving it to all my, to my dad and some of my business friends uh, from their own companies because it's. Uh, I think it's a beautiful blueprint on how to implement, uh, or not implement, but. Something I had on my mind for a minute for a long time, but he, he articulated it and systemized it, and so so simply and easily, you know, uh, it, it, it um, it's something I'm going to do in this business as well. You know, it's a lot of things we're going to change, um, things I can delegate to an executive assistant and so forth. So yeah, no, it's a brilliant book. I loved it. It is. It's very good, and it's yeah. it's very clear. That's one of his gifting yeah. is his, his clarity. So so then you you talked about uh, this this person, um, this lady okay. you met who then made a pretty substantial, uh, we call it a donation <laughs> in some yeah. donation, like the, the, those early supporters, they, they like, they have more of an impact than, than yes. I think people realize. Um, for me, many, many years ago, I started a, a, a clothing company and, I remember this guy, he came to me and, uh, he, I kind of knew him. He was in my, my social network, but I wasn't like, um, close to him at anything, but he came to me and he says, um, you know, I want to buy one of your shirts. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Thanks, man. So I, so I sell him one of my shirts. And at that time I started, I was like in the trunk, trunk of my car, literally. So I pop up my, my trunk and I got all my shirts neatly stacked like a, like a clothing shop would, but in the car. <laughs> and, um, and he buys this item and he says to me um, afterwards, he's like, he's like, I just bought this cause I really want to support you. I okay. think what you're doing is so cool. And that yeah. meant the world to me that like, um, like I was like the fact, like I, I didn't know where he was like financially yeah. at the time. I knew he was a young guy. I didn't, maybe that was like, yeah. maybe that was all his money he had. But he was investing yeah. it in in starting this this thing, and and I remember that that was so impactful. So what what did it feel like? Whew. I remember like a few weeks before the campaign was 
due to close. You, you set a date on Indiegogo. Um, I think it was around August. Uh, I was uh, on holiday on a beach town in South Africa, and I, it was raining, and I went for, for a run. And uh, I was just crying to the Lord and say, please, help. Uh, I want a solution here. And um, I don't know how long it was after that, but a week or two, and then... Um, I just saw like this big amounts coming in, $500, $500, $500. And I could see her name. Um, and yeah, I felt relief and excitement, but also like suddenly fear, like, oh no, no now this is real. I have to do this. Uh, they put their trust in me. Uh, so yeah, but I was very happy, man. Um, but And uh, also at that time, because it's already started the year before, I was uh, quite in a hurry, you know, to get the product out. In my mind at that point, I was like a month of coding. Then you have the app and it's easy, it's done and dusted, you know. Uh, not at all. Uh, as you will see from the rest of the story, it's quite a process and it's still not really done. Um, and then the translations, you know, the Bible translations, they, that's a whole uh, other kettle of fish, another story. Um which we'll also get to hopefully. Um, so yeah, no, no, but to ask you a question, I can't really remember exactly what I felt, but you know, I was very relieved and excited. Uh, and also a bit of a pressure of now the, the shit is real. So yeah. 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 All of a sudden it's real. Yeah. Like you're, you've, you've got to do it. That, so what, um, so then that, then of course that hits your first real fear is how you described it, where you yeah. had to bring on a programmer. And like, what was it about that experience that, that was so um, unknown or, or terrifying considering you, you obviously have, you know, a lot of people yeah. on your team. Yeah, or... We have like uh, in our business, yeah. yeah, 128 people currently working for us. So, but again, yeah, it's, you know, you appoint people from your town and speak your language. You can look them in the eye, etc. Now suddenly over the internet, these millions of developers and sites where you can find developer from Upwork to, oh, there's so many, I find a lot. Uh, and you sort of, I don't know if it was overwhelmed, like, where do I start? Where do I find someone I can trust and afford? Um, I, yeah, a, a lot of the fear was, uh, you know, find a cheap developer, but still good. Um, and uh, I remember the guy I appointed here in South Africa, our S developer, I made him, eight years ago and I was still in contact with him. So that's how I sort of, you know, you go with the familiar. That's just the human nature to go with the familiar. So that's what I went with. And he gave me, quoted me a very cheap price. So I said, yes. Um, but normally, you know, if you buy cheap, you get cheap. Uh, so that didn't work out at all. The, the second developer, um, I found, you know, the app, the website notion.so. It's like a note-taking app competing with uh, uh, all the other note-taking apps. It's pretty big now. So Notable there's another site called SuperAboutSO yes. that uses Notion uh, templates to build a website. And uh, I used the, the SuperAboutSO to build the Pencil Bible website, actually. And, but on there, there was a, a bunch of examples. And I found an example of a guy who made a blog and he actually wrote about um, um, developers and, you know, having bad experiences with developers and so forth. And he was a developer, so I contacted him, and he was, uh, I think, at that point in Austin, Texas, uh, or Nashville. No, he was in Austin, and um, he was also a Christian, which is good because the Bible app, 
and eCode and React Native, which is not the original iOS Swift coding language, but you know it's easy to uh, code for iOS and then for Android as well. So that's sort of how I got to him, um, just by almost want to say browsing the internet. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, he got a full-time job because he wanted more stability and didn't want to do the whole agency thing anymore. All his staff left. and uh, But I was very, very angry at that point because I didn't want to look for another developer. So I told him, no, he's going to honor his commitments and finish the, the MVP of the product. And he said, okay, fine. You'll do it like early mornings, late nights. So then I waited another five months um, for him to, to get sort of an MVP out. And at that point, I started to search for another developer. And, uh, and I must say those five months were excruciating long, uh, just waiting and waiting, like getting a, maybe a small update in a week. Uh, but uh, again, I was strapped for cash. So I didn't, yeah, I had a choice. Maybe I had a choice, but uh, you know, there's always a plan to be made. But I, I was sort of in a comfort zone and uh, I waited for him to finish the MVP. Uh, to find the third developer, which I'm still with now, I used Upwork, um, made like a short, short, short list of 20 developers. Um, a lot of the Indian ones I interviewed and from Chef Republic, which is generally the more cheaper uh, developers come from there. But they are still very good and wasn't didn't find anyone I could um, click with, you know, uh, relate to, uh, build a relationship with. So I didn't, I didn't want just want any agency to like uh, code that you know i want someone i can speak to regularly build a relationship with you know we don't have to be friends but you know uh, at least speak more or less the same language uh, and uh i found an american guy and he referred me to trout house tech it's also a company in the usa and the owner of there is matt and trout house tech basically his matt's mission is to uh bring underprivileged or, or, or people groups who aren't um underprivileged or properly um what's the english word see i told you i'm gonna forget the word but um yeah marginalized groups and so on so uh he, he, bring, he bring them on and teach them the code or, or something in that trend um so i contacted matt and then he said he, yeah, they'll take on the project i had one coder in 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 um in, in africa uh he was very good um, we did most of the coding for the for the for the MVP, and uh, that was twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one October, October twenty twenty one. That's basically a year and five months after I started the sort of the, the project. Um, then it took another five months to finish it for release on iOS. That was uh, in twenty twenty two March, March twenty twenty two. That's when the first version released. And I made like $800 on the first day. Um, oh, other thing I wanted to tell you about was the translations. So translations, um, for those who don't, for your, or for your listeners who don't read the Bible, or there's a lot of translations. And Christians are very picky. Some like the NIV, some want the ESV, some want the CSV, um, some like the Passion Translation. Um, and, uh, but each one of them sort of are owned by different publishers. And some of them are very big publishers with a lot of red tape. So it's been quite a process to, to, to get uh, translations um, for the app. And uh, most of the claims, cl complaints come from people who still want the NIV, you know, but this, 
these companies are so big and so much red tape, you know, it's, it's hard to, to get some of them. So that's also been a challenge in my mind, which I thought, you know, it's not too bad. Email someone, they send you the text. I, I, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a theme here and you obviously are very good at, um, well, I'm South hurdles. African brew. South because Africans like... hurdles every day. That's why we are <laughs> entrepreneurs, in my opinion. Elon Musk comes from, comes from South Africa. That's why he's so good. <laughs> We're problem solvers. That's all we do. All day. We solve problems. Uh, that's I... sort of the world we're born into here. Um, I, I humbly say. Yeah. You have to solve yeah. problems as an entrepreneur. And and I think like that is such a good point. Like if you if you just normalize that and yeah. you say this is just a normal part of living and uh you you know you just make it part of you know you have to do it anyways. You might as well figure out a way to uh solve yeah. those problems in a way that benefits a lot of people. Because if you can solve these challenges, well then obviously there's gonna be a lot of people using your app who are gonna be able to benefit from that um that outcome. So yeah, so so then you 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 you've got this publisher uh, challenge. What happens next? I just needed to get their foot in the door of one. I call it. There's free Bibles that are open to users free. You can do with it what you want. You can print it. You can sell it. So I added those, but those are not the Bibles people read. You know, it's like the old, like 1850 King James version and so forth. So uh, I just needed to get my foot in the door of one premium publisher, and that was the ESV. Um, they also had a more not too complicated uh, application process but i i took two weeks to write the application and i had my mom copyright it and i double checked it and double checked it and motivated it and uh then they gave me permission to put their translation on and you sign a contract which is also scary sort of um uh, because you have to pay them a commission on on sales of the premium bubble which like the esp we sell for eight dollars 99 cents and they get i think uh, on the ESV, like 30% of that uh, goes to them. So once I had them, uh, I, could, I could easily email another publisher, let's say uh, Broad Street, who, who owns the Passion Translation, and say, hey, we have Pencil Bible, we're growing this fast, and we've got the ESV already with uh, like a Supreme Translation, and then this other okay, cool, cool, you can add as well. And so it sort of snowballed um, in that way um, to do the opens more doors to to more publishers but uh, for example the niv um, which i've been uh, trying to get for three years now after long process and waiting um, i got for the whole world except for the usa because they have their own plans and also want to release i don't know if it's a similar app but uh, i think it's more red tape than anything else so it's something we'll revisit later on <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound yeah, very Christian a, of them. <laughs> a, a worldly publisher called HarperCollins. It's a, it's a uh, big, big, big publisher company. So, uh, but yeah, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm only so kidding. I'm only they have their plans. Obviously, they can't yeah. just hand out willy nilly uh, the the rights to the text. I understand. Um, so, well, we'll I'll, I'll get it somehow in a later stage, maybe next year when they have a new season and new plans and so forth. So yeah, that's been a challenge. Um, getting the app done um, as you envision it and being usable, the user experience as you want it to be. Because I'm pretty pedantic. I'm a designer at heart, I say sometimes. So, you know, I want it to be perfect, but 
to get it launched, you know, I had to cut some corners. You have to um, settle with second base or third base in, in some features or performance of the app because you just you need to get it out there now. So it's going to start generating revenue, so the revenue can fund more development. Uh, so we launched March 27 last year on my wedding anniversary while I was in Mauritius on an island for a holiday. Um, and yeah, we made $800 on the first day. So I was super psyched. I couldn't believe I made internet money, which has been a dream for a decade. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> and that, that sort of, yeah. And uh, basically from there on, we grew steadily. Uh, interesting. Within a few months, we were um, in the, the App Store's categories, something I'm very proud of. But it also shows you don't need a lot of downloads to, to rank. So in the USA, which is the biggest like App Store user in the world, um, there's a category called reference. Uh, that's where the Bibles are and, and like dictionaries and things like that. We were like in ninth place within a few months. Um, and I think at that point, it was, it was like 8,000 wow. downloads. Great job. Um, and that got us in the top 10 already uh, on the App Store which was, for me, was amazing. It was like, whoa, like, you know, I don't know how competitive the app store is, how hard it is to, to grow and find a spot. But we, we've got such a nice niche in having a Bible for the iPad. You don't, yeah. Um, it's actually a, a, you know, they said, a, yeah, go for it. You know, there's there's something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> riches are in the niches, yes. Um, the There's something, though, that you, that, that, I think is really important is okay. The app store has been around since 2008 and for a lot of people, they might feel, um, you know, maybe they're like, there, there's something that they're trying to like, especially in, if, if you're trying oh, to build yeah. a YouTube channel and you're starting today for sometimes yeah, people late. might feel like they've missed the late, opportunity. Yeah. They've missed the window. It's too late, but, but you've, you've following a simple path of I'm solving a problem that I had. Yeah. I'm trying to do it really, really well. I'm making the experience as good as I can. So the, the quality of the content is there. Um, and all of a sudden, look, you're having uh, success on the app store. And, uh, and I think that if you can have a success in yeah. a mature place like the app store today, think how many more people are there now than there were in 2008. Yeah. So yeah, it's always nice to be one of the first, but if it like, don't let that stop you from doing the thing that you want to do today. So whether it's, it's YouTube or, or some other channel that you're looking at um, there's, there's always an opportunity for somebody who is uh, yeah. Who has a passion yeah, in that yeah, area and is creating really good agree. stuff. Um, and it's helped for distribution as well, because I don't worry about distribution at the moment or marketing um, for other reasons well, as well. But since it's ranked in the top 10 in the app store, you know, like, get like 60,000, 80,000 views a day. Um, you know, and, and uh, I think downloads were on 50,000. But people who actually use the app aren't a lot at, yet because the product is still broken. Um, but uh, I'm releasing version two, hopefully over the weekend, which fixes all the... So you've had yeah, 50,000 um, downloads. More or less, yeah. And uh, That's good. I've got sub subscriptions. We're at 1,200 really subscribers at the moment, monthly and annually. Um, for a pro 
that's awesome. That's really good. These yeah, these are great. Me, the, You're doing the, really well. The exciting thing is the product is broken. It doesn't really work uh, correctly. <laughs> so um, I, I don't even want to imagine it once it you know uh, functions as we all want it to function. Uh, the users, um, I think it's going to skyrocket. Um, so we're re- releasing that. Yeah. So now. I saw, so version 2.0 um, is coming out, or has it already come out? Fix, and then we uh, submitted to the App Store, which could take anything from eight hours to 30 days to approve, get approved. Um, so yeah, hopefully over the weekend, we're releasing version two, uh, which, have, which has a ton of features that everybody's been waiting for. That's been very frustrating for everyone on the app. So yeah. So, so version 2.0, though, mean? is a breaking change, right? Breaking change? So, you're, so in the sense that uh, if, I, if I read that correctly, oh, people yeah. are going to be yeah, losing so their the, existing notes? Took on new technology, uh, basically or, a different canvas system. So it's basically, let's say you had VHS tapes or DVDs and now you have digital. You, know, you can't bring it along um, uh, onto the new version. So... Even within saying that there's a bug on the current version that, that your notes and highlights disappear randomly after a week or a day, or I don't know, we couldn't find the bug. So it doesn't really save notes anyway at the moment. Um, so it's not too much of a, a problem or pain that, that people will start fresh now with the new version. So, yeah. So Yeah, no, that's good. The, the these challenges, um, you know, they I, I've heard I've heard um, you know, and you you have an interesting perspective because yeah, you're obviously mature. working in a fairly mature yeah. business, you know, at home, and you're also working in a brand new business, which is very much in the um, yeah. start up phase. You know, it's like very much in that phase where you're it's the formation you're getting you're you're, you're um, the best analogy I can think of for uh, starting a business like this, uh, having been through it myself, um, is it's it's like jumping off a cliff. Yeah, I love that. And then building the airplane <laughs> on the way down, and hoping, yeah. yeah, and hoping that you get the wings yeah, on there like before you hit the ground. And um, yeah, and sometimes you 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 don't, and and so you're like you got the landing gear and you're sort of like, okay, brace for impact, but I'm not giving up. And so it's like, I'm going to hit that ground, but I'm, but I've got my landing gear and I got my wings kind of half assembled and I know I'm going to be able to hand, like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you know, make it. And then, and now I got to build an engine to get this thing back in the air. So it's, uh, it's, it's very much that feeling and experience. It's, it's, it's one of the most fun and wild and personally growing things. I think any, entrepreneur can go terribly frustrating so so what yeah and and the vision right because it's like you have an idea of what you're getting to and now it's just like constantly leading and guiding and uh uh helping others to see that vision and hopefully get to that vision so now what do you see as the uh the future for uh, where you're going with this? Uh, yeah, so um, with this app, even with version two release being released now, still a bunch of lesser irritating bugs that we need to solve. And uh, 
foundations that we need to sort out and make sure everything's still saving and is working correctly. Adding more translations um, uh, is a priority. And then uh, I've already have a, a complete redesign planned in my head, but I first want to get the, you know, the current version uh, up to code and working properly and everyone happy. And then also the Android version, which I think a lot of people are asking for Android. So I believe there's also another opportunity to really grow the, the application and hopefully it explodes, explodes there as well. Um, and once that's sort of more, uh, yeah, once the redesign is done and we've got all the functions and, you know, then I can sort of uh, uh, hopefully hire someone to sort of, I, don't, I wouldn't say manage the app, but take care of the daily stuff. And so I can focus on building more apps. Um, also in the Christian space, Bible space, uh, like a kid, a version for kids. Uh, kids. Um, I've got uh, kids uh, from 10, 8, and 5-year-old. So, uh, you know, something that's sort of more attuned to their liking and, and that they can interact with. Um, so, yeah, I've got a bunch of, bunch of ideas. Um, but first, you know, we need to get this one running smoothly and uh, uh, generating enough revenue you know, for, for it to run um, without me fiddling and... and, and Adding my own money in, and um, yeah, maybe maybe add some employees and some support teams. Basically, I'm still doing all the support myself. Um, I'm doing the accounting myself. I'm doing Facebook, Instagram myself. Um, the little marketing that I am doing. So uh, yeah, uh, that will be the next step, more or less. Depends how long it takes. Um, we'll see you after this weekend. Where we stand, um, hopefully the app uh, people receive the app well, and it saves their notes. And uh, uh, yeah, that's more or less the plan, Jonathan. No, that's that's very cool. What an exciting journey! And it's cool that I, you know we've kind of got to know um, each other as you've been starting this journey. Yeah. So so. My, yeah. Uh, is, you know, looking back over the last few years, what would be some of the lessons that, that you've learned that um, you could look back and say, okay, back then? Um, sure. Yeah. Let's That's start a tough there. question. I don't know, man. <laughs> if I, what would I tell myself three years, uh, like if we can go back in time? Um patience <laughs> have a lot of patience <laughs> it's going to take a while like every time i think like yeah by march we'll be doing hundred thousand dollars a month or by december and then you know it it, it, it don't even come uh, close to to what you you think you can achieve uh, development is so slow and frustrating um uh, you probably know as well uh, running a startup so um yeah i'll tell myself have patience relax enjoy the ride uh, um, something that maybe not necessarily to do with pencil Bible at the moment, but uh, which I learned in life is uh, one is to be present. And um, I read this great quote, uh, which I saved here on my, on my notes. I read it almost every day. is remember there's no greatness in the future or clarity or insight or happiness or peace. There's only this moment. And uh, I think it's Ryan Holiday in one of his books. I got it. And uh yeah, it's just to be in the moment, enjoy it. Um, because once you achieve what you wanted, you know, what then? Um, so rather just enjoy the ride 
Um, you'll get there eventually. Um, and uh, don't lose, don't lose faith. Uh, uh, risk it and uh, take the chance. So, yeah, that's the only advice I'll be able to give myself. I think now, if you ask me in a year and we're doing a million dollars a month, I would tell him, uh, put a second loan out in the house, get uh, speed up development, get this thing done. Now it's going to work out 100. percent Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, it all depends. <laughs> so uh, that that's. That is really, that's really, really good advice. I had a friend, uh, well, same friend, Dan, uh, he was shared this advice and he shared this with us, but um, take lots of photos. It's kind of like having a kid. When you're building a business, take lots of photos so you can remember this moment. You can remember, yeah, the screenshots or like oh, of okay. yourself, like in yeah. the computer, like in where you, wherever your, your office is, like take, take photos to remember like what it was like to be where you are right now, because it will change. It's going to be a lot different. And yeah. Uh, time has a, its own ebbs and flows. So it's, you know, sometimes it goes really fast and you do so much in like yeah. three months and yeah. other times you do the same amount and it takes like five years. <laughs> and you're like, time, time has its ebbs and flows, but those who stay consistent, you know, yeah. and, and it does, it does branch off, right? It starts to get really fast sometimes. Um, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, every, every growth graph looks like a hockey stick. Um, but the other, the other reality is, is that every growth graph if you zoom in it's waves looks yeah. like it's it's going like it's it's stuck um yeah because it's waves every business one of my best uh mentors um one of the best, a great mentor um uh shared this with me and he he sold his business for uh millions of dollars and it was um very successful and he said he's like and i thought this guy was a genius i was like i was like how did you do that you just you just went straight to hockey stick like it was just yeah. uh success and he's like no it looked like this yeah. It was up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, it's a very but it averaged journey. out in the right direction. Um, and so, just last was, week, I think one evening, but I was tired. But uh, I was like, "You feel like I'm gonna delete the app? It's stupid. It's not gonna work. You know, it's complete failure." And then the next morning, you wake up again and you get a, uh, you see a good review and you taste it. Say it's not that bad. You're sort of like you're very optimistic again. The next day, you're feeling like, "No, it's a complete mess. It's not gonna work." You know, it's a. It's never going to get done, you know. It's, it's uh, emotionally, it's very up and down. It's a very up and down ride, to be honest. Um, but you just need to keep pushing on. Um, it's a really nice clip by Sam Altman, you know, from OpenAI and Y Combinator that um, I found on Twitter yesterday about he's speaking about entrepreneurship at a conference or something, and he said, "Yeah, it touched my heart so much." You know, I sent it to a lot of friends uh, who in business and. Uh, um, basically just came down to um, skills matter, you know, and vision and the right product and product model fit, et cetera, and so on. But the most important thing, and I want I can't articulate it as nicely that you can go and Google it maybe, um, is um, uh, entrepreneurs deal with failure and they don't give up. I know it sounds so cliche, but it's like you constantly daily get bombarded with problems after problems after problems. And it sort of wears you out uh, in a way, especially if there's a lot of problems every day and um, you don't take care of yourself, it wears you out. So at some point, many give up, you know, it's just too much. They can't handle all the problems. So uh, um, once you, and I, I realized, you know, I feel like that so many, like so many times, even with our, our business here, you know, and in South Africa as well, there's so many problems. And it's just every day, it doesn't stop. It's just like this flywheel of problems. And um uh, as long as you don't let it where you're out, you can sort of zoom out 
get a bigger perspective and know that every entrepreneur and business owner struggles with the same thing, this is normal. Then you feel like, okay, that's not bad. It's normal. It's just problems. Um, it's life. It's uh, it's business. Um, so yeah, uh, you just need to push through and uh, keep solving until the success comes. Wow. So much wisdom in that. Aaron, uh, what a way to end that off. And I just want to say thank you so much for this um, awesome conversation. I've enjoyed the entire thing. It's great. Like you have a very cool story. Uh, so where, if someone wants to learn more about Pencil Bible, uh, where, pencil where can Bible. they find Bible. it? And how can they I've reach out to you? I've got a great domain name. So it also helps with marketing, I think. I haven't done SEO, but uh, PencilBible.com is the domain. And you can get all the information and where to download it from, from there. Well, awesome. Well, thanks, Aaron. Thank this you. has been a real, a real, uh, appreciate real it, treat. Jonathan. It's and, an honor. Uh, very much. Let's go.